From Creative Force, my name is Daniel Jester, and this is the e-commerce content creation podcast. On the show today, I have Adam Parker. Adam has been spending the last few months writing a KPI guide that he says he wish he had when he was managing a studio. How to make KPIs that are actionable, relevant to your goals, and support your teams. Here's something that we haven't really spoken about yet that I think is super, super important. At the end of the day, all of these KPIs need to be actionable. We don't want to measure just for the sake of measuring. So all of these different teams have seen all of these different reports with all of these different measurements. Now what are we going to do? What's next? Adam's got a lot of insight into how best to implement KPIs and use them to the benefit of your team. So we'll probably have him back for a future episode. But in the meantime, enjoy this episode of the e-commerce content creation podcast. This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. On the show today, we have Adam Parker. Adam, how are you doing, man? Doing fantastic. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I want to talk today with you about studio KPIs. And there's a lot to unpack when we talk about performance metrics for your studio and how you can use them to meet goals for your studio. Some of the things that we should avoid doing uh, with KPIs, some of the pitfalls. But first, uh, tell me a little bit about just your background. You have a really interesting background in studio operations and leading up to us now working together and you creating this really interesting KPI guide that will be coming out soon. So, or actually maybe out already as this show airs remains to be seen, but tell us a little bit about your background and then we'll jump into KPI talk. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, like many people, I feel in the photo industry kind of came into my career through uh, the back entrance or the side door. And I stumbled into a position running a photo studio for an upstart company called American Apparel in Los Angeles back in the late 2000s. I haven't heard of them. Never heard of them. Yeah, nothing, not, not many people have. <laughs> Tiny little company. So uh, they were, like I said, a startup basically at the time. So it was the Wild West. And I cut my teeth there in their e-com studio. And that's really where I got into the industry. Ended up chasing love out to New York and got a fast education in other aspects of the industry out in New York, working with agencies, managing studios for photographers, everything from painting psychs to producing, you know, editorial shoots and Cartier jobs and fancy bottle shoots and all that kind of fun stuff. So a wide array of incredible, a wide array of jobs from the, from, from digital teching yeah. to, to staffing full productions. So uh, I, I think that's, one of the things that's defined my career in general is doing a little bit of everything. And I ended up segueing into being a producer, which ended up segueing into studio operations. Um, and I landed in San Francisco at Levi's, launching their in-house studio, and spent about five years there running their studio. So KPIs are something that, and I don't want to keep calling it KPIs like that, but the metrics that we use to track performance, to benchmark our studios, to understand where we're at, how we're performing, how individuals are performing is something that has has really become a big part of your career. And yeah. this is one of the things that my experience, my personal experience in the various studios that I've been a part of, there can be a lot of wheel spinning and there can yeah. be a lot of false starts and there can be a lot of focus on some of the wrong things. So I really wanted to get your perspective in this episode about 
how do we decide which KPIs to measure? How do we make sure we're measuring them in the right way? And then, you know, maybe we can touch a little bit about how we digest that information in a meaningful way, um, respecting our teams and their time, respecting the fact that people aren't machines. So I covered a lot of things there. So let's come (laughs) back to start off with, like, how do we decide what the right KPIs are for our studio? I think that's a super important question. And the way I would start would be zoom out. And I think that's one of the things that people get caught up in that is the wrong way to do things, which is doing what everyone else is doing. So take, for example, cost per shot. That's a very common KPI people use or shot counts per day. Those are two like the most common things that every studio is thinking about or measuring. Now, is that important to your studio? Most likely, yes. <laughs> you know, we, we all want things to be cheap and we want to be productive, but you want to zoom out and actually think about what are your goals. And that should inform what KPIs and metrics you're creating and tracking. Different studios are going to have different goals. Some may be trying to produce really highly editorial branded content and may be fine with shooting eight shots in a day as long as it looks incredibly pretty. Other retailers may want to shoot 150 items right. in a day, you know? So, That's a kind of boring and dry example, but my advice would be to zoom out and look at an organizational level. That's something that I think I've heard people say, was it it like Steve Jobs or something? Someone said, you know, you hire smart people and have them tell you what to do. You don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. Right. So the only way that works is if you have clear goals in place. If you set those clear goals, you can get smart people in your studio and get them marching towards the right KPIs. Great point. You can hire smart people, but without a direction to point them in. They're just smart people in a room. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And then once you have a direction to point them in, you can start measuring it. And that's where those KPIs come into play. To illustrate, I think what you're saying about the right KPIs are really dependent on what your goals as a studio are. And you use the example of like editorial content. It can be really frustrating if the number one KPI for your studio is a productivity number, whatever form that productivity number takes place in. It might be low cost per shot. It might be high volume of shots. And then to step into like as a photographer or as a photography manager whose job it is to deliver reviews to photographers and to kind of hit them with a performance review that's looking too heavily at quality. You're pointing out a great point that KPIs can be used almost as a cudgel against a team. And that's the absolute wrong way to do things. Absolutely. And so having multiple KPIs, this is something you and I have discussed previously about why multiple KPIs are important. To use your example, if you have a photographer and you're only judging them on productivity, I mean, let's not kid ourselves, productivity matters, but there needs to be a quality metric as well, something that's going to engage them creatively or excite them creatively, or you're going to become a a place that's just burning through people and wants to work there. You made a great point that KPIs, using them as a cudgel can create a culture of fear around metrics in your studio. And if you really want your teams to be engaged and to care about the work that they're doing, they have to crave that information that they get from those metrics and not be afraid of it. I think we can all agree, you and I on the show and our listeners, that KPIs, we have to take great care. Photography managers, stylist managers, anybody in a leadership position has to take great care to make sure that we're not creating a culture of fear around these metrics. And that comes from a number of things, putting too much emphasis on it. I don't want to beleaguer this point because we've got a lot of other things to unpack. But the bottom line, I think the point that we're making here is that whatever your goals are, whatever KPIs you have to support that, you need to be aware of A, what's most important, and B, that you're not weaponizing that information against your team. I think that's a great way of putting it. 
So coming back, let's talk about some like specific things that we're looking at. So when you're talking about KPIs, Adam, do you think it starts with a goal and then works back to what those metrics are? 100%. Okay. So let's say if your goal is speed to web, what kind of KPIs would you think make the most sense to first benchmark and then push your speed to web faster and faster? So this is where it gets a little bit more complicated and a little bit more interesting, where we're looking at data sources, right? To measure speed to web, you're going to have to start looking at your tech stack and how things are measured within your studio. First off, when does this process even start? Is it when a project is briefed? Is it when a sample arrives at a studio? Is it when a capture is taken on your machine? What is the starting point in speed to web? The Publishing on the website endpoint is a little bit easier to nail down. Right. So that's one thing that you have to figure out in this specific instance. This is where having a mature tech stack really does kind of come into play. Because if you have a project management system that's integrated with a production system that's also integrated with whatever your dam and publishing systems are, you can see all of these events and they're being tracked, and you could be rolling this up into something like you know Tableau or Looker or one of these business intelligence systems that can <laughs> hoover up data from multiple different tech stacks, get it into one place, and actually make sense of it. Right. So if you're looking at speed to web, you're probably looking at data from starting in a project management system, hopefully, events taking place within production software if you're using that, and eventually a date in web publishing or DAM software. Speed to web would be, I think, kind of an unusual metric to be the number one thing that a studio would be concerned with. Usually I feel like that's something teams kind of brag about because they've addressed other metrics and they end up achieving a quick speed to web as a byproduct of some of the other things. It's also such a strange one. It's a kind of a good point of why these things matter so much organizationally because a smaller brand that was founded as like a D2C brand that's web first or web only, like it's going to be very easy for them to shoot something and throw it up on their website and two days, you know, 24 hours, they can do something like this. Right. Whereas older wholesaler brands with relationships where, you know, they've got to have photography for a product six months before a wholesaler will ever even purchase it. They're going to have a completely different time to market and a completely different process. So to compare, you know, apples to apples between those two companies would just be uh, exercise in futility. Absolutely. I think a more common metric that you see, at least in the flavor of production studios that I've been in, and my background is, I would say, not dissimilar from yours. I spent quite a bit of time in in-house commercial studios where it was about production and it was about getting things moved through quickly. And then a little bit of time at some boutique creative studios where we were doing more advertising work. We still did some e-com work, but a really common one is productivity. And there are a number of different ways to look at that. When we are measuring things like productivity, my opinion is there are some things we really need to watch out for. And one of which is the process by which we collect the productivity data. It's so cumbersome that it starts to impact that data itself. Can you speak a little bit to that in your experience. I'm sure you've seen some really unusual ways of collecting information from teams on set that ended up having a tangible impact on the data itself. I definitely agree that I've seen times when the measurement itself is taking up more time than the work itself, which is just a horribly stupid position to find yourself in, even though we've all found ourselves there. 100%. So (laughs) stupid and definitely have been there. And you know, like, 
you're usually probably hunkered over an Excel sheet and when this is happening and it's the pits, you know, you're crunching data, trying to figure out, say, what's the number of pants that one retailer purchased year over year in this category and you're pivot tabling and, and this and that and the other thing and four hours have gone by and you could have actually been doing real work. And again, I think a lot of these things come back to the zoom out idea from the start, which is what's your goal here? Is your goal to know every arbitrary fact about your studio or is your goal to make a tangible improvement and step in a certain direction? So let's flash forward a little bit. We have our KPIs, we have our goals figured out, and we have determined which KPIs we can use to support that goal. And now we've benchmarked, we've spent some time, whatever process that might take in our fictitious studio that we're talking about right now. How do we take that benchmark at that information and analyze it in a way that is meaningful so that we can start to move the needle? One thing that I've found useful, even though I don't know that this is the right way of doing things, but as with so many things in our businesses, you figure out what works and you just do it. When I've been saying, you know, zoom out and think about your goals first, I like to think of things in two terms, leadership goals and studio goals. And that is maybe flies a little bit in the face of everyone being organizationally aligned and you're not supposed to think that way, but hear me out on it. Um, I think leadership goals tend to be very done hearing you. (laughs) I think leadership goals tend to be much more broad and much more vague for better or for worse. Leadership likes to have goals like improve operational efficiency. You're like, okay, what the hell does that look like in the real world? Hmm. So I like to think of things in terms of leadership goals and then studio goals. And so an example of how you could pluck those things apart would be, let's take that example I just used, improve operational efficiency. That's what your marketing department from your brand hands you that on your yearly report. And now this is what you're supposed to do. How do you measure that? I would start by making a more specific studio goal that ladders up into that leadership goal. So if the leadership goal is improve your operational efficiency, what are some studio goals we could put behind that? Here's a goal. Let's deliver 100% of our product photography on time. Probably not going to happen, but let's Mm. aim for the stars hit the ceiling or something. Is, is that the same? <laughs> um, so for the stars that's hit a, the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. <laughs> so yeah, you've got your leadership goal. That's like in super vague marketing speak, improve operational efficiency. Now you've got your studio goal. That's actually something you can aim towards deliver a hundred percent of my photography on time. Right. Something you can benchmark and something you can see what it is now. And you can try to figure out how to get there. And that's where you actually finally get down into a KPI. So, all right, what's a KPI, a percentage of total products needing photography that are delivered on or before a deadline. This is where it gets kind of dry but it's also where we start to talk about things that can actually be measured. What's the percentage of my products that need photography and are delivered on or before their deadline? Now we're getting into something we can work with and we can start to think about, all right, where would I get the data for that information? Well, probably from like a studio management platform or maybe from a CSV or or Google Sheets where you're tracking your information, maybe from a combination of your PIM and your assets that are delivered. There's all these different data sources and in the KPI guide, we cover in depth how to link all of these things and how to find all of your various dimensions and metrics and measurements. But yeah, I think getting those leadership goals, diluting them into a studio goal, and then starting to get into these actionable KPIs is tricky, but it's how these things actually start to become useful. And then it trickles down into hopefully, hopefully in the right 
kind of studio that all of us want to work in. It trickles down into photography managers saying to their teams, we've got 5% to get to where we want to go. And so what can I do today to help you get there? What is keeping you from shooting that extra shot at the end of the day? What, what, what is on your plate that is keeping you from increasing your output? And the point of this is, and I want to be extremely clear to our listeners about this. The point of this is not to just ask your teams to do more. It is what can we take off your plate that would help you do more? Yeah. And also you can kind of get into, like you said, when you have that culture of people not being scared of these reports and not using it as a cudgel against your team and a culture of how can we help you do your best work. You can also even get into it kind of being gamified. We were at 4% last season. Can we get down to 3% this season of things delivered post-deadline or down to 0%? And then you give them a pizza party. Yeah, or, you know, a bottle of bourbon, depending <laughs> on your studio. <laughs> but, Guys, don't use a pizza party as an incentive for your teams. Just PSA. Pizza parties are not great incentives in 2021. Yeah, everyone's going to be asleep two hours later. It's not great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A heavy lunch reward for doing a great job. And then everyone, the whole rest of the day. And now we sound, now we. Now it's probably someone's birthday later that afternoon. You got cupcakes and everyone's just like on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, now we actually sound like the worst studio managers who are like yeah. concerned about feeding their teams the wrong thing. Dude, if we're <laughs> if, fall asleep. If, if you're going to pretend that food doesn't matter in a studio, you're lying to yourself. Oh, it <laughs> absolutely does. That's a whole other episode unto itself on how important food matters from making sure it shows up to what is it? Is it too heavy for us? Because we probably don't want to do that. I mean, yeah. I can almost tie this back to the previous conversation, though, in that I remember working in a situation where it was a very budget conscious studio and the producers were struggling because they had a a limit on the catering budget they could use and the catering that they could afford was terrible. And of course that's terrible for morale in the studio, but we were able, because we had good, good measurements, we were able to say, look, if you guys can shoot two more outfits a day, that pays for the good caterer. And we came to an agreement with their production manager that if we could shoot 38 outfits instead of 36 outfits in a day, that's, that worked out to an extra, I think, like $800. And, and you know, the, the good catering was paid for with dessert. It's a lighthearted anecdote, but the truth of it is, and I'm going to do all sorts of witchcraft to pull out a morale to that story, which is that you have to be open and honest about what these KPIs are and what they mean for your team. They have to mean something. Your team is not going to be able to perform if they don't know what the goal is. And if they do know what the goal is, they need to know where they are in relationship to that goal. So all of this stuff needs to be visible. It needs to be transparent. It needs to be obvious. And it should be spoken to in real terms. What does meeting this goal mean for our studio, for our organization, and for the company? And hopefully, again, if you're a right-minded management team, you are rewarding the teams that are actually doing the work. And with something, you know, food is important. That was all pretty lighthearted about it. But we're talking about meaningful career growth for your teams who are doing the actual work is what we want to see. Adam, uh, I've been dying to ask you this question. What is your favorite KPI? That is the worst question. Um, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm going to say that my favorite KPI, because I like challenges and I like to challenge myself, my favorite KPI is like my Don Quixote windmill KPI of conversion metrics. Oof. Because it's the hardest 
No one can do it well. I Absolutely. I haven't seen anyone do it well. Let's dive into it. What have you learned about it? To make it clear for the listeners, what we're talking about is customer conversion. So who's buying the stuff? And historically, my opinion has been, I'm going to inject a little bit of my opinion on this topic because I have been one of those people who says all the time that there are way too many variables to tie this back to the studio. If you read the Creative Force blog post about KPIs, I believe conversion made it into the top 10. And there's a big caveat in there, which is that there are so many things that can impact conversion above and beyond image quality or whatever metric you want to tie it back to at the studio level. That being said, I'm dying to know, Adam, what you've learned about conversion, because this has been a personal crusade of yours. And I think it is really interesting. I think it's a very interesting thing to say, like, studios support sales. We know that. We know that good creatives support sales. It's really hard to know to what extent it does. And the answer I'm going to give you is going to be an unsatisfying one. But the answer, the answer that I've discovered is teams are really disconnected in most brands and in most companies. And so the, the teams that are doing A-B testing on websites are often so far disconnected from the photo studios that drawing that thread between the two so you could get useful information on these things is often near impossible. Mm. And so while I don't have some, mm. you know, solve all, this is what you should do type piece of advice, which would probably be worthless anyway, since companies are all so different. What I can say is that fixing that and getting those teams closer together would be a huge unlock, I think, for so many brands. And it would also be so exciting oh. at a studio level if you could know like, hey, Guys, remember how we switched things up last week? We brought in that model that was more expensive. We took a little extra time and we actually impacted sales in this meaningful, measurable way. Like, fuck a pizza party. Let's get some champagne. You're speaking my love language. (laughs) Adam, you're speaking my love language when you said to engage your e-com teams in the creative process, because this is a thesis that I've been developing for some time. Dude, that you need to have your web teams involved. You need to have cross-functional meetings that are productive because your e-com teams right now, hey, listener, your e-com teams have gripes with your studio that they're not sharing <laughs> and it could make their lives 100% better. And I bet you it's something as dumb as image names because image names a certain way can't be sorted a certain way and it's a lot harder for them to do their jobs. Your web teams deserve to be in those meetings and talking about ways that the studio can deliver a better product yes. to its customer, which is the e-com team. The studio's customer is the team that puts those assets on the web yes. or puts them where they need to go. Oh, God, I'm getting fired Preach. up. Woo. Preach. Woo. Preach. <laughs> no, man, you're absolutely right, though. And also, if they're not in those meetings, like they don't know how much better they could have it from the studio teams. They don't know that they could be receiving assets like, you know, forget the file names that are rich with metadata that's showing up completely sorted into whatever categories they need that'll make their A-B testing miles easier. The fact that, like you said, the fact that the customer and the vendor (laughs) being the studio aren't sitting in the same room so often is it's criminal, Daniel. It's criminal. It's absurd. It's absolutely (laughs) absurd. My thesis came out of personal experience watching this unfold for a client of mine where they invited their e-com teams to meet me, their studio, and then all of a sudden we're solving problems that the e-com team has been sitting on forever. It solidified it right there as like a tenant of how to run a good organization is you need. And there's a lot of pitfalls with this. 
these things need to be productive. So if you're a company that's not currently having productive meetings, maybe figure out how to have productive meetings before you start inviting additional stakeholders into meetings. That's a good point. Obviously, we're talking about it in a perfect world. I made the joke about your favorite KPI, and I have two of them that always makes people cringe. And none other than James Lewis is one of those people who's going to cringe when he gets around to listening to this. I believe in safety as a KPI. James will tell you that safety is culture. And then I'll respond with it is both of those things because your KPIs can absolutely turn into your team's doing things at the expense of safety in service of a KPI. So if safety is not a culture and a KPI, something that you're talking about at the beginning of every meeting where you're saying, you know, and safety is a KPI, you're thinking like, what the heck is that? Um, it's the oldest metric in the book. It's the X number of days since our last accident. That's a metric, baby. That's a KPI. <laughs> that chalkboard sign in the factory is a KPI, exactly, right? Dude. And if you're not talking about safety and you're not putting it up front, It's out of sight, out of mind with your teams. I wholeheartedly believe that. I've worked in a studio where we put safety first. It was the first thing we talked about in business meetings. And I actually got feedback. This is not a joke. This is not a story that some, you know, keynote speakers trying to tell you. I got feedback from stylists who said, I would rather work here than somewhere else because you guys care about our safety. And a studio is a dangerous place to work. That's the bottom line. That's really interesting. And I have to say, I've never heard that from anyone else. So that is really interesting to me. And the part that I will say I do know is that a studio is a dangerous place to work. We all have stories about the freaking power pack exploding yeah. and shorting the entire place or someone who didn't know how to use the circuit breaker. Studio is the only place where you've got some kid who's like 19 and his last job was at a coffee shop. And he's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but he's expected to work insane electrical equipment with like one day of training or yeah. two, two hours that morning. Like where right. else does that fly? To that same degree, you're often hiring very early career people whose past job may have been in the food service industry, and then you're handing them a machine that turns water into hot steam and saying, hey, use this tool and also don't get burnt. (laughs) Right, right, right. right, (laughs) Or you're not even saying don't get burnt. I would say don't get burnt. And then I said, you know what? That's not good enough. We need to give them tools to not get burnt. The bottom line is, I think... We started off talking about KPIs and sort of the function of them and so the technical side of them. But at the end of the day, like a lot of things in good management and management of good teams is that it's a way for us to illuminate what the tools that our teams need are. Because we have a goal, we have a way to benchmark, and we have a way to know if we're improving it. And the way that we improve it is we figure out, do you need tools? Do you need time? Do you need attention? Any of those things, it opens up the door to a conversation about how do we get to this goal? And you have to engage your teams in that. That reminds me of one of the approaches that we took in making this KPI guide was thinking about the different types of teams that were going to be using it. And so like there's many different sort of groupings of KPIs, groupings of reporting. You know, there's reporting for your CMO, reporting for your higher management people. That's a completely different set of KPIs that they're going to be interested in. That's a whole other that's a whole other podcast episode on your reporting deck on who it goes to and who needs to see it. Because there's, yeah, there's your day-to-day metrics. Like you were saying, safety is an ongoing evergreen metric. Onset productivity, we all know that one. You know, set A shot 32 things and set B shot 17 things. What the heck's going on? And, you know, you find out that set B, the photographer was hung over. And so, you know, it makes sense. Right. But the day-to-day <laughs> metrics of talent and team performance are one sort of grouping of KPIs. Higher management and reporting to your your boss basically is another set of KPIs. Your accountant and your financial reporting, there's a whole nother group there. 
things like flow reporting and seeing like what steps in a process things are getting bottlenecked and, and things like that. These are all different groups and different teams that need this information and that want to use this information. It's a whole world of measurements and metrics that you can get lost in, but it's also really, really useful to think about it in an organized way. And I think going back to what you said earlier, how can we help you? Here's something that we haven't really spoken about yet that I think is super, super important. At the end of the day, all of these KPIs need to be actionable. We don't want to measure just for the sake of measuring. So all of these different teams have seen all of these different reports with all of these different measurements. Now, what are we going to do? What's next? Adam, thank you so much for your time and coming on the show to talk metrics and data with me. I think there's some really great insights in there. And honestly, I think there's probably an opportunity to have you back on the show in the future to dig into some of these other topics. But in the meantime, uh, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Do you have anything that you want to plug for our <laughs> listeners? I mean, I mean, I know we've got we, we we pick up my album, check out my movie. Just kidding, but do but do check Link out my SoundCloud. But do check out the the KPI guide. I wrote it basically as the guide that I wish I'd had when I started managing a studio. So check it out if you're in the field. You probably will find it useful. My thanks to Adam for taking the time to discuss his thoughts on metrics with me. If you're interested in learning more about the KPI guide that Adam is working on, check the show notes. The guide itself comes out in phases and we'll keep the show notes updated with relevant links. This show is produced by Creative Force. My name is Daniel Jester. Until next time, friends.